Hi, everyone. I'm Brad Smith, anchor over at Yahoo Finance. And as the past three years have provided tremendous growth in podcasting and audio streaming, Yahoo Finance presents Jacob Goldstein, former host of NPR's Planet Money and new host of What's Your Problem? Jacob, thanks so much for taking the time today. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's discuss, first and foremost, the art of the podcast. What really sets podcasts apart these days? Boy, I feel like I have less of a grasp on that than I used to, to tell you the truth. You know, I spent 10 years making Planet Money at NPR and did stuff at This American Life. And there's like this set of rules that we learned about how to make a podcast. But now there are the, all these podcasts that don't follow those rules that seem to be doing great. So I don't know anymore. <laughs> It's amazing because within that, there's this competition. And of course, competition is good. And with that new technology, of course, there are so many different ways the rules are being rewritten, as you mentioned and alluded to a moment ago. So with that growing number of podcasts and platforms, are we seeing the quality be upped on the type of information, the type of not just information, but also the delivery of that information that's coming through this audio platform or this audio form and medium? You're asking about the quality? I mean, look, you know, anytime you have the growth of a medium, there's going to be a whole range of, of quality, right? Like with books, with TV shows, with anything. Like there's some great ones, there's a lot of okay ones, and there's some bad ones. And that's certainly true of podcasting. Certainly. When we think about the number of different types of content that people can consume, you know, there's a recent Deloitte Digital Media Trends 2022 survey that really looked across the gamut of the different types of different titles that you could watch on streaming platforms, different games that you could play on any given moment. And so this, for podcasts, are podcasts and audio insulated from the battle for screen time? I mean, you know, I always feel like the pitch for podcasts should be podcasts, they're what you do while you're doing something else, right? Mm. Like you can listen to a podcast when you're driving a car, when you're jogging, when you're washing the dishes. And so I do feel like that is a particular advantage, right? I mean, uh, ideally, you are not playing video games while you're driving your car, but it's fine to listen to a podcast. Just lastly, on the types of content on podcasts and the difference uh, for audio streaming, what we've seen in the topics that can be discussed, you know, your background, your history has certainly included talking about all things finances, money, business. So how can business really continue to carve its way as we see more people that are leaning into different sources of where they get information, especially as it pertains to their finances, and even more so among new generations that are consuming content? Well, I mean, I'd certainly like people listening my show, What's Your Problem, which is like a business and tech show that I'm starting now. You know, I feel like there is a ton of stuff out there. There's a ton of niche stuff in an exciting way, right? And there are people doing super wonky things in any, you know, wonky niche you can think of, whatever, software as a service. There's software as a service podcast, you know, nursing, AI, whatever. So whatever niche you're in, there's a podcast for it. So let's talk more about that transition. Former host of NPR's Planet Money, let's talk first about some of the topics that came up there and how that differs perhaps from the new platform and show that you have. What's your problem? Yeah, so Planet Money is basically a show about economics. It's a really, you know, a lot of kind of abstraction and big ideas. It's sort of like a fun version of econ class, if you can imagine such a thing. 
Uh, the show I'm starting now, What's Your Problem? It's, it's kind of more practically oriented, more tech oriented. It's basically an interview show. And I'm talking to entrepreneurs and engineers about the kinds of problems they're solving now. So, you know, co-founder of a drone company who's doing hundreds of deliveries a day in Rwanda and Ghana and is trying to expand into the US and is trying to figure out the regulatory environment here. Uh, the guy who founded Moderna, actually, he's coming up in, in a week or so. And he's really interesting because he's trying to solve this problem of how do you start companies? He's actually created this company to start companies. So it's sort of more practical, more business and tech focused, this new show, What's Your Problem? You know, it's really interesting that they bring up the regulatory front because that's naturally where my mind went in that you have so many of these new technologies and businesses that are trying to figure out how to get their footing, but they repeatedly run into, or some of them benefit from the availability of either finances or capital. Uh, we know that there was the entire jumpstart our businesses and startups act um, previously under the Obama administration. And so with, with all of that in mind, how does that regulatory front and the public sector continue to come up in those conversations as well? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I think if you just step back and look at where innovation and you know, from startups and Silicon Valley has come in the last, whatever, 20 years, it's come in less regulated sectors, right? Mm. The place you've seen the least, I would say, sort of technological startup-y innovation is in things like uh, healthcare and finance and to some extent education, right? Very heavily regulated sectors. But I do think now, obviously, you know, DeFi and FinTech are like these huge buzzwords and there is a ton of money going into these sectors that are more heavily regulated. I mean, even within crypto say, right? Which you think of as like, oh, it's kind of anti-regulation but like the giant crypto companies like Coinbase are the ones playing nice with regulators, right? right. So, so I feel like we are seeing more of a push now of both capital and the companies that capital is funding into more highly regulated spaces. Healthcare as well. I mean, another person I'm talking to is Aaron Bali, the uh, guy, he, he did uh, Udemy, a, an education company, and now he's doing Carbon Health, this primary healthcare company. And I was just talking to him and, you know, regulation is like a huge part of his business in a way. So where there is minimal public policy or precedence that already has been set for some industries, and in this case, like DeFi, as you brought up, where they are literally asking for regulation so that they know how to operate going forward, where does that really set the tone for acceptance among the broader population of some of these new technologies? Well, that certainly seems like a salient issue with respect to crypto, right? I mean, the arc of crypto, you know, I did a Bitcoin story in 2011, right? And in the middle of reporting that story, we were like, wait, what? The price of Bitcoin went from $10 to $20? That can't be, right? And at that time, Bitcoin was still really this kind of libertarian dream, right? This idea of like, we're going to have money and we don't need the government. And this strange thing has happened where that dream really didn't come true, right? And yet the price of Bitcoin has gone up a thousandfold or more, right? So it is, in that case, it does seem to me a story driven largely by regulatory acceptance of this thing that was this libertarian dream. It's like a weirder story than I think is often recognized. Continuing in some of the themes that both of us have largely monitored and reported on, especially within business and finance, one of the huge topics right now, inflation. The White House is trying to get their hands around it. The Fed also trying to, even within their dual mandate, make sure that they're countering inflation. How has that come up within some of the conversations that you've had across audio streaming, across the podcasts, and ultimately, where do we start to see some results at the end of the day? 
I mean, you know, to me, when I think of inflation now, to me, the most interesting place to start is like the last 10 years, right? Mm. From, from the financial crisis all the way up to when COVID hit. That, in a way, to me, is the wild, mysterious time, right? Like if you go to, say, 2019, inflation was... Uh, you know, low, like it had been year after year, it was 2%, below 2%. And yet, uh, unemployment was down around 4%. The government was running big deficits. Like, that's what shouldn't have happened, right? And so what the big question to me now is, are we in, like, is that whole world gone? Because that was kind of a nice world to be in, right? The government could spend a lot of money. We could push uh, unemployment way down and still have low inflation. It was like Goldilocks. And so what I'm really curious to see now is, is this world we're living in now just like some COVID weirdness and we're going to fix the supply chains and demand's going to go back to normal and we're going to shift away from goods back to services and go back to that nice, you know, 2% inflation world? Or was there some regime change? And I think a lot of that is actually going to be inflation expectations, right? Weirdly, inflation is this self-fulfilling prophecy world where people's expectations about inflation end up driving inflation. So like, I don't know, it's, it's a little scary right now. And I'll be very curious to see what happens. Certainly. You know, I want to get back to something on, on the quality that we were discussing earlier. For younger or just newer creators, where over the past two years, people have looked across where they're spending their time. And they're thinking more about where can I really get more into some of my passion projects? And if that passion project is podcasting, how can we build up credibility? How can people build up credibility as podcasters and as voices that are being streamed in this new reality? I mean, one of the great things about technology now is it has lowered barriers to entry, right? 20 years ago, you needed a radio station if you wanted to get your voice out there in audio, and now you just need a laptop. I mean, if you want to be fancy, you could spend a hundred bucks on a mic, but you know, you should just make a thing, right? Like if you're interested in making podcasts, just make a podcast, just do it. Just make it today. Don't think about it too much. I like, I'm super in favor of like, let a million flowers bloom. Everybody should make a podcast. There aren't too many podcasts. Let's get more. What we also have seen within that is the acquisitive nature of existing tech companies to go out and buy podcast platforms, knowing the number of creators that are coming forward with that very mindset and intention to just start it today. And so, I would love to get your perspective, net good, net bad for the ability for new creators, but then also we've already seen the acquire to grow strategy proliferate itself within technology to this point in time. Well, so net good, net bad for whom? I mean, I, I don't know enough to comment on like whether Spotify spent the right amount of money buying podcast companies. I mean, as somebody working at a small independent podcast company, I'm in favor of big companies spending a lot of money for small independent podcast companies. You know, look, I, you know, clearly in the media in general, there used to be more gatekeepers. Now there are not. And so, yes, there are things that I worry about with respect to that, but I do ultimately have to believe in a sort of bottom-up world, right? I hope that in a bottom-up world where anybody who can make stuff, good stuff will get out there and spread. And I just sort of choose to be optimistic about that. It's very hard to know like on net what's good or what's bad. We sort of don't have a choice though, right? So I'm hopeful. Really fascinating insights and perspective, especially around all things audio streaming and podcasting. Jacob Goldstein, who is the former host of NPR's Planet Money and new host of What's Your Problem. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Oh, thanks for talking with me. 